0: Hey, good morning, and welcome to Bible Study. Probably help if I had the microphone, right? Good morning, welcome to Bible Study Live with Matt. I'm Matt, and today I'm going to ask this question Do you treat God like he is a thief? We're going to look at the parable of talents this morning. We're going to focus on an area that, well, frankly, I haven't really focused on before, and uh, maybe you haven't either. So let's look at the story from a new perspective. Let's get started. Hey, thank you so much for joining me for Bible Study Live. Uh, now, I want to remind you at the beginning of this, that the whole idea behind me studying the Bible Live is to help create some conversation without condemnation. I'm going to take my glasses off so the screen isn't reflecting on them. And since it's so far away, I can actually read it. Uh, listen, we're not going to agree on everything, and that's okay. But what we won't do is argue about it. What we will do is get into God's Word, wrestle through it together, and try and ask ourselves, what can we learn uh, from through the word and see if we can pick up some new perspectives. Now when I say new perspectives I don't mean let's see if we can change God's word to mean something it doesn't. What I do mean is that it's important for us to understand why we believe what we believe and to look at the scriptures and see what God's Holy Spirit is trying to teach us through them. So without further ado let me share my screen and we'll begin. Today we're reading from the uh, NIV Um, New International Version, whichever version you read from, NIV, NLT, ESV, King James, right? There are uh, literal word-for-word translations. There are uh, translations that try and capture the thought. There are paraphrases. Listen, as long as they're actually the Holy Scriptures, you're doing fine. Uh, As long as you're not reading ones that have got stuff, you know, added or taken away, like the Mormon Bible or Jehovah's Witness Bible, you're fine. Uh, So let's read through this. All right. This is, in the NIV, they call it the Parable of Bags of Gold. Um, Some call it the Parable of Talents. Uh, But these things up here, and these numbers, are not in the original scrolls text. Uh, They're for our reference point. These top ones are because the translators are telling us, hey, this is kind of what this thing is about that we're reading. And uh, these numbers are just for reference for easy-to-find stuff. So, without further ado, here we go. Again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. I to move this over so I can see. Uh, to one, he gave five bags of gold, to another two bags and another one bag, each according to his ability. Then he went away on his journey. The man who had received five bags of gold went at once to put his money to work and gained five bags more. So also the one with two bags of gold gained two more. But the man who had received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received five bags of gold brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I've gained five more. His master said, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. I'll put you in charge of many things. Come and share in your master's happiness. The man with two bags of gold also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two bags of gold. See, I have gained two more. His master said, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many more. Come and share in your master's happiness. Then the man who received one bag of gold came. Master, he said, I knew you are hard, that you are a hard man harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid and I went out and hid your gold in the ground. See, here's what belongs to you. His master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I've not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. Well then, You should have put my money in deposit with the banker so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. So take the bag of gold from him. Give it to the one who has 10 bags for whoever will be who for whoever has will be given more and they will be given in abundance. Whoever does not have even what they have will be taken from them. and throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Oh, that sounds a little harsh, doesn't it? God just seems to all of a sudden be in this angry kick, right? Oh, throw this guy out. You know, he didn't make me any money. Toss him to the, toss him out in the streets. He didn't make me any money. We got to kick him out. Well, let's wrestle with what this really means. The sheep are the unseen words. Interesting. Ricky, thanks for that comment. Uh, Feel free to elaborate. So here's what I want to focus on in today's reading a lot of times when we focus on this, we're focusing on the multiplication. And I've heard a lot of uh, pastors teach on the message that, you know, um, that this parable is about God and the talents and the resources he gives us and how we shouldn't squander them away. And I think that lesson can definitely be seen in this story too. But maybe we're missing a bigger picture in what this story is about. And so I want to focus your attention here On verses 24 through 25. Let's read them again. The man who received one bag of gold came. Master, he said, I knew that you were a hard man. Let's stop right there. So his immediate thing, the first thing he says to God is, I knew you were hard. I know you're harsh. I knew you were a hard man. I don't know about you guys, but um, I don't think that the message of the Holy Scriptures is focused on God being some hard man. Uh, As a matter of fact, um, I think if we read about this, uh, the Bible's got this overarching story of how God loved the world so much that he sent his only son to die for us. Like, the scriptures teach us that God has so much love that it's beyond common sense, beyond understanding. Like, this is crazy to think that this servant who supposedly knew God, right, knew the master, would say, I knew you were a hard man. And the word hard, rough, comes from skleros. That's the Greek word. And it means hard or rough. And, and I just want to read uh, to you guys from, like, Um, helps word studies. Properly, it means hard because of being dried out, stiff or stubborn, unyielding, someone who won't budge, someone who's like unyieldingly harsh. And so the servant says to his master, hey, I knew you're, you're unyielding, you're stubborn. Basically what he's saying is, I know you're a hard guy to deal with and I didn't want to deal with that. So I just buried what you had in the ground and that way I wouldn't have to deal with your harsh." stubbornness. And that sure sounds like a pretty dis- disrespectful way to approach his master, doesn't it? But keep, let's keep going here for one second. And let's read verse 25. Or let's let's read this. I know you were a hard man, but then he continues. He says, harvesting where you haven't sown and gathering where you have not scattered seeds. So I went out and hit it in the ground. Here's what belongs to you. There are a couple couple problems that just, just jump out to me. First, he like, let me ask you guys this question. If you were to say to somebody, what does it mean to harvest where you haven't sown? That means someone else did the work and you go take it, right? To say to his master, well, I knew that you were somebody who likes to go take things that you didn't, earn. Like that's literally what he said in this parable. It's like saying to God, I know that you want what doesn't belong to you. This, this, the servant said to his master, you harvest where you have not sown and you gather where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid. See, to me, when I read this parable, I think that people are right in, in, in looking at the parable to say, Hey, there's a story here about how important it is to, to take what God has given you, given you and, and, and use it to, to bring the most glory possible back to God. I think that is a lesson we can definitely learn from this story, right? If we think about our gifts and our talents, if we think about our financial resources, all of that stuff, if we were to use it for God's kingdom, that would be the right thing to do because Why? Because it is God's in the first place. Because we wouldn't have the gifts and talents we have if God hadn't given them to us. We wouldn't have the resources we have if God hadn't given them to us, right? So that is a good way to read this parable. But I think if we read it without also acknowledging this part of it, I think we're missing out on the real heart of the story. Because to think that we would multiply what God has given us would mean we recognize that what we have is from God in the first place. And to me, that's the key to this story. See, this servant believed that what God had given him to manage didn't belong to God. That what God had given to him wasn't God's in the first place. To say you, you reap where you haven't sown, to harvest where you haven't scattered seed, is to say you take what doesn't belong to you. Which ultimately means that to him, the servant didn't realize that everything belonged to the master in the first place. Essentially, he was calling God a thief. He said, you're a taker of things that don't belong to you. See, I've read this story so many times over the past few decades and looked at this whole multiplication, multiplication, and then I was like, and the one who was lazy with the gifts God gave him, he took away his gifting and then he threw him out to say, I want nothing to do with you. But as I reread it this morning, because my wife and I were doing a devotional talking about financial responsibility, and then we were reading through this, and and I really just feel like the Holy Spirit put a word on my heart, and that was integrity. We serve a God of integrity. See, the God of the universe isn't a selfish God. He isn't a greedy God, and he doesn't take what doesn't belong to him. You can't take what's already yours. See, everything we have, is a gift from God all the relationships in our lives all of our financial resources our home the breath in our lungs belongs to God which means that everything we have if it belongs to him that means we should be using everything we have to give back to him see we can't multiply what God has given us. If we don't first understand that it's God's in the first place and that we've only been given it for the purpose of stewarding and multiplying it. We've been given our life for the purpose of stewarding this life. Well, how do we do that? By helping people come to know Jesus by helping make disciples, right? By pointing people to Jesus. That's what we're called to do. That's what, that's a, that's a stewardship thing in this world. If you're, you're blessed enough to have kids, then we're called to steward our children well. We're called to show them God's love. Not just talk about it, but be about it. If you're blessed enough to have a wife, like I am, one that's a treasure, man, we've got to steward that marriage relationship. It's supposed to constantly be growing and building, not stagnating, because this gift, too, belongs to God. See, to me, the heart of this story is that this is a story about a man who didn't understand that everything in existence already belongs to God. And he didn't realize the gift that he was given by being given a bag of gold to Stuart. He didn't look at it as, hey, God is giving me something to Stuart. He treated it like a bank robber gave him a stash to hide away. which means he thought of God as somebody who would honestly go take what doesn't belong to him and pass it off to somebody else to hide. Who'd want to follow a God like that? I know I wouldn't, but that's the beautiful thing about our God. It's not who he is. And I guess from that perspective, no wonder the master and the parable was so angry at the servant. Cause at first I was like wicked, lazy servant. What? Why would he say that? Like, just because the guy just isn't talented at, you know, bringing a return on an investment. Does that make him wicked? Does it make him lazy? No, that doesn't. What made him wicked and lazy was his perspective of the master in the first place. He viewed his master as somebody who's a taker, a thief. And maybe that explains why when I read this now, and it says, so you knew that I harvest where I haven't sown and where I haven't scattered seed. I think if we, right, like we don't know tone of voice, but contextually knowing that God is not a God who does that. It's almost like, it's almost like a rhetorical question or, or like a, sorry, not rhetorical. Cause there is a question mark put here, even though there wasn't punctuality in, in this language when it was written, but our punctuation in there rather, there wasn't, but when it says his master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. So, you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. Like there's a question mark there. So if we were to say it in plain English, uh, it, it's almost like one long sentence for verse uh, 26 and 27. It's like, Hey, if you, if you, if you believed that I was somebody who harvests what I don't sow and gathered where I don't scatter seed, shouldn't you have put my money on deposit somewhere to get me a return? Like if I'm such a bad guy, If you think that little of me, if you think that I'm a a mean, angry guy who's a taker, wouldn't it have been smarter for you to put that money in a bank so at least I wasn't upset with you? Wouldn't that have been a a wise choice? See, if this guy really thought that God was that mean and, and evil, then he would have done everything to protect his butt by putting it in a bank to get some sort of return. But since he didn't, that's where I think the laziness comes in when I read this, is he he knew that what he was doing wasn't right. He knew that God isn't like that. He knew his master didn't reap what he didn't sow. He knew his master didn't go harvest things from fields he didn't plant. He He knew his master's not a taker, but he was just too lazy to put in any work. Maybe he thought the master would never come back. Maybe he thought, I don't have to do anything. As long as I give him back his money and he didn't lose anything, he'll be fine. We don't know. But what we do know is based on how he spoke to the master, based on how he treated the master, when he returned, the master looked at him and went, you are wicked and lazy. Get out of here. Now, here's the thing. I think that when we read the scriptures, some things are meant to, just wake us up a little bit. And this one's a harsh one. But I think the beautiful thing is it, this parable, this story gives us the opportunity to look and go, how do I view God? Do I view God as somebody who always wants something from me, a taker? Like, is your view of God, it's like, oh my gosh, I got to do all these things to make God happy. Or is your view that I, I woke up today Thank you. Thank you for the breath of my lungs, God. Thank you, living and eternal King, for you have mercifully restored my soul within me. Great is your faithfulness. Is that how your day starts? Or does your day start with waking up and going through the motions, and oh, got to get up, got to get dressed, got to go to work, got to do it. And oh, I got to go to church too. Oh, God, I got to read my Bible. Oh, do you view God as a taker? Or do you realize that everything you have, you have because God, Do you realize that everything you have is not only a gift from God, but an opportunity to bring glory to God. We always have a choice. And this parable is a good example. Are we going to be people who recognize that what we have is God's already? So do we want to make him proud? By maximizing it and getting the best return and result from this gifting, or or are we going to look at it like it's all ours? And why does God want to take these things that don't belong to Him? It's the beauty of free will. We have a choice of how we're going to view our relationship with God, and the relationship that 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 we have uh, with the stuff in our lives. I don't know about you, but me and my family. We're going to choose to serve the Lord. We're going to choose to view every single thing as a gift from God. And I want to encourage you to do the same. So next time you're reading Matthew chapter 25 verses 14 through 30, and you you read about the parable of the, the talents, the parable of the bags of gold, I want to challenge you to look beyond the multiplication and look beyond the money and look at the heart of the servants who were multiplying look at the heart of the servant who didn't and ask yourself, who is God to me? Is he a loving master? Is he a, is he a loving father who provides everything I need and gives me the opportunity to make more of my life? Or is he a harsh master who takes what doesn't belong to him? I'm going to choose to view him as a father who loves me and always wants the best for me. And I want to challenge and encourage you to think of God the same way. See, God loves you, my friends, and he wants the best for you. He wants you to experience life to the fullest. He's given you things to help you do that. Start by honoring him with what he's given you and uh, turn that into something even more amazing. Listen, thanks for tuning in. I appreciate you. Love you guys. Time for me to get showering ready because I have to head over to jail ministry this morning. Thanks again for tuning in. Go out there and make your day and hopefully somebody else's. Amazing. Ooh.